Welcome to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. And now, here is your host, Albie. Hello and welcome. And tonight, tonight's guest, Christopher D. Philippus, is joining me once again. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me again. <laughs> now I owe you two. No, I owe you um, years and years. So we're mm. barely even, sir. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so t- today uh, we're talking about Lower Decks, season one, episode two, Envoys. Is it Envoy or Envoys? I think it was Envoys. Envoys. Okay. <laughs> what was your first impression of this? What do you think? Uh, we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, you said you watched it twice. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, I think I like this episode less than last week's episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, for the, the specific reasons. Uh, we'll get into it as we discuss, as, as we do the watch along. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say this. I had a couple more genuine laughs. Mm. This week than I did last week, but a lot of this one, a lot more of this one left me flat. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about you? What did, what, what are your first, uh, your first thoughts on it? Uh, I liked this week's better than last week's, um, mainly only because, um, I wanted to know so much about Lower Decks that I had watched everything that was put out before the series premiere. And okay. so many of the bits and jokes were already put out there. So the things that I normally would have laughed at I already did, you know, weeks mm-hmm. before. So this one, I kind of knew a little bit what was going on because uh, they on um, the ready room with Will Wheaton, they showed the beginning segment, the teaser cold open. Um, but uh, after that, I didn't really know too much. So I was able to enjoy it along with it. But uh, I really liked the episode and uh, this this second episode, I think um, I'm all in. Okay. I mean, I'm in really regardless. It. <laughs> so it starts I know out, that right? I complain. I know that I nitpick, but mm-hmm. I'm not here to, to down it. I'm not here with an agenda to hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting to be really engaged by it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know um, last week, if you don't mind, Albie, I know I that mind. you had asked me mm-hmm. last week about sort of my truck fandom and the history of my truck fandom. And I figured this week, maybe uh, before we get started, I could turn the tables on you. Oh, cool. Good what, idea. Is, what is your earliest memory of Trek? It was either Halloween or around Halloween. And I was eight years old and uh, was on the same channel as you, uh, WPIX New York, uh, 11 Alive, I think they was a line at the time mm-hmm. and uh i watched all those shows like you did i think i watched odd couple and honeymooners and star trek and maybe twilight zone i'm not sure but uh those mm-hmm. all seemed about right but i, I was about eight and uh, i was looking for something creepy uh and uh like halloweeny and i was flipping through channels and cat's paw was on oh god well i didn't know i was eight so i think it's written <laughs> for an eight-year-old maybe uh, so I was really scared. I didn't know what was going on. And there's these guys in yellow shirts, red shirts and blue shirts. And at the time, you know, that was odd. People wore basically drab colors or white t-shirts or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, this is cool. I don't know what it is, but this is cool. So then I had to go grab the TV guide and, uh, I looked up what it was. And then I was like, I wonder if it's on again ever, this episode or this show, (laughs) this movie, whatever this is. And I was like, Star Trek, okay. And so I just went through the the, um, TV guide with a highlighter. And every time Star Trek was on, I like highlighted it. And I said, I'm going to watch this show from now on. And that's how I did it. So I got into it because I was looking for something Halloween-y. 
And you found like the Halloween episode of Star Trek. And might I add one of the worst episodes of Star Trek in my humble opinion. A lot of people say that for me, it holds a special place in my heart. Cause if I didn't, you know, think, Oh, who are those guys hanging by chains? Where, why are there skeletons? You know, I might not have, uh, spent a lot of my life watching Star Trek. So who knows yeah. what would have happened. You want to hear something uh, funny? Uh, this yeah. is a little bit of a tangent for quantum leap podcast, but Cat's Paw was written by Robert Block, and we uh, did a recent, I think it's a Leaps Elsewhere. We have a couple of Patreon extra shows at the mm -hmm. QLP, and Leaps Elsewhere is one where we feature other projects that uh, Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell, the two stars of Quantum Leap, um, have appeared. And for the first one that we did for Dean Stockwell, which I'm still editing, it was uh, an episode of Al Alfred Hitchcock Presents called The Landlady, mm -hmm. and it was written by Robert Block. So who was in that? Was that Dean Stockwell? It just Yeah, it was Dean. It was oh, Dean okay. and um, a couple of bit actors in the beginning and then just Dean and, and the titular landlady throughout the rest of it. Is that episode available in like the DVD sets that come for like, like the whole series for $5 or is it not? One I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to cop to the fact that I found uh, a version of it on Vimeo hmm. and I didn't have to pay or look <laughs> it up because uh, usually oh. for something like this, I'd try to get it through the library. Those, I'm guessing, are probably public license if they put the whole series out for $5 on 22 DVDs, you know. Oh, do they? Um, yeah. And I don't know that I'd be good looking for Alfred Hitchcock Presents. It was just mm -hmm. a fluke of uh, we did a random a random generator, and that's the Dean project that came up. So Written by the same guy. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that might so, be worth a watch for me. Is there any similarity to the plot of uh, the Star Trek episode? Catch Absolutely. Ball? Yes. There's a scepter that does magic. There's a giant cat. It's almost <laughs> like he like like he was ripping off the Alfred Hitchcock presents to do the Star Trek episode. Yeah. Oh, There's wow. a bald guy in a weird robe. Um, zombie Sulu. Really? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, I mean, back then there wasn't syndication really. Right. So it makes sense to just re use your own work again and again if you get paid for it. Right. I got to say that, uh, again, we're talking about Star Trek. Um, it was DC and David that did the, the animated series. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's the episode yesteryear mm -hmm. where Spock goes back and like sees himself as a little kid. Yeah, I love that one. I, I, I don't know if DC Fontana stole from her land of the lost script or her land of the lost script stole from the star Trek script. But there's a version of yesteryear that she did for land of the lost as well. It's just basically yesteryear recycled. I'm trying to think of that one. I, I think I watched all Holly. of them as a kid. I believe it has Holly in it. Holly is a grown up, comes back. And oh, Holly. that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, that really yeah. is. And it, it was, it really was just, it was the same concept, maybe a little bit, you just with, with Land of the Lost dressing on it as opposed to uh, Vulcan dressing. On now it. I got two things to watch tonight. So, <laughs> Land of the Lost dressing is also my favorite on salad. <laughs> <laughs> Land of the Lost dressing? Yeah. I said Land of the Lost dressing, Vulcan dressing. Vulcan dressing is uh, a little, little dry. <laughs> Slee stacks. That's all yeah. I know. Uh, th those those uh, puppet dinosaurs looked so real when I was a kid. I don't to know me how. Too. I don't know how. I was like, wow, those are great effects. Now it's just like a little, literally a hand puppet. And you're when you watch it. No, they were stop motion. That was true really? stop motion. What yeah, was that, I was thinking in, that was in the tradition of Harryhausen. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that show when I was a kid. One of those things that I didn't understand, but I knew it was cool kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so what do we normally do? Are we ready to watch this thing? Whatever you want. Yeah. I okay. just wanted to get some of your trick bona fides. Yeah. I think that's it. And uh, I've been. 
a Star Trek fan ever since. And I, I think uh, when Next Gen came out, I was kind of like, what is this new crap? This isn't this isn't Kirk, Spock and McCoy. So I had a rough time getting into it uh, first season or so. And it didn't help that the first two seasons are kind of slow and except for a few episodes that I really do like because um, it doesn't really get good until season three, really. But uh, when I, when you're a kid, you that's, you watch what you have and that's all we had. But uh, yeah, I was excited for Star Trek. Uh, I remember when they did the 25th anniversary um, and they played like the top, what was it, 10, 12 episodes, yeah, 20 they, episodes. Yeah, they always do stuff like that. Something. Yeah. I was like, I didn't sleep the, for the whole thing. And I was like, uh, uh, hmm. bought them on VHS, bought them on DVD, bought them on Wait, Laserdisc. Was this, was this 25th anniversary of TOS? TOS, yeah. Uh, and they had... Um, they had some of the actors uh, do little intros in between the commercials, like uh, little was factoids. Was that the one that, that aired on, like, was that on Nick at Night? Or I feel like, I don't remember I where that was. I don't remember. I know they did that was again on- with uh, Sci-Fi Network. They had William Shatner introduce the episodes That's again. That's what I'm thinking of, and I think it was further remastered. Uh, I don't, maybe. I'm not sure or if maybe they it was. remastered them yet at that point. Uh, my memory is that they um, cut a lot out for syndication. So these on Sci-Fi Channel, they put all the stuff that was cut out for syndication to make them shorter and have more commercials back into the episode. So stuff that we hadn't seen if we were just watching them on syndication. Yeah, but as a result, they extended the runtime for each episode mm-hmm. to an hour and a half. So they crammed even more commercials in. Right, right. But yeah, but so. we were watching like a couple more minutes here, you know, yeah, a pretty second brilliant, here, right? a second. <laughs> hey, it worked. I, re- I watched them all. I recorded them all on VHS and... I spent a lot of money on uh, buying them professionally. Remember, they were like, uh, what were they, like $14 an episode? Yeah, it was something ridiculous. I never went in to buy like physical media for the most part anyway. Mm -hmm. I have a couple episodes of Quantum Leap that I bought that Mm -hmm. came out on VHS. And my brother bought me, uh, I think, two or three episodes of the original series because he said, these look like ones I don't know if you've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was Dagger of the Mind, which, of course, I'd seen a hundred times. And the Cloud Minders, which I think I saw about three times. Is is that the one with the uh, people that live in the clouds and people that dig caves? Yes, exactly. Yeah, Bespin, and you have the Troglodytes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that was was pretty good. Uh, That was a good one. There are A lot of them are good. I think I'm ready to go and watch this. Um, yeah, I, I took some notes this time, so hopefully I don't get too much wrong. Uh, we didn't get any complaints because we didn't get too many people watching, I guess. So that's fine. Or listen. We will build an audience. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. So when uh, it goes on view screen, that's your cue at home to start your CBS All Access app or however you access Lower Decks and start to watch along with us. And uh, here we go. On view screen. TV 14, Violence and Language. What do you think? CBS. Originals. That's a different show, isn't it? It's about vampires. <laughs> this is Cerritos. Okay, here's an energy being. Now, this is so totally TOS. Uh, I was thinking it was a reference to second season opener of The Child, where uh, Deanna Troy gets pregnant because a light beam goes inside of her. Oh, I'm thinking Day of the Dove. Oh, where, see, uh, now which one was it? I don't on know. The, the Enterprise with Kang. Mm. 
And okay, so if it's an energy being, how can she hold on to it? I have problems <laughs> with this scene. Um, how is it not hurting her if it zaps them and she's saying we can use it to, to generate cool stuff? This goes against every sort of Starfleet thing. And I know it's cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I know they're doing a, a jokey riff on a Star Trek trope. If it's an energy being that can get through the hull of a starship, <laughs> how is it going to be held in this canister? That is a good point. The, what, the, what I right. thought this was was uh, that you could simply capture the beings, but nobody had ever thought of it at the time, and she was just gung-ho going for it. You know, um, She, she uh, figured, I'm going to tackle it. If I go through it, I go through it, but she didn't. But this is a problem with, 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 uh, with Beckett Mariner mm-hmm. that I have. It's just like she's just a jerk to be a jerk Mm. and it's it's they need to really start balancing her character out a little bit because it's just getting to the point where she's her main trait is just to be annoying i don't get that i I don't see i'm not getting that i'm just uh seeing that she's uh not really she's not afraid of breaking the rules because she's not afraid of you know uh consequences but I think she's just being herself, which is outgoing and uh, very energetic. So I don't know. Maybe it's it's, it's maybe it's just personality types that you and her are clashing, and me and, and I kind of like her. I don't know. You know that could be that could be. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just sticking the mud. But it's <laughs> just like I, I just think they need to temper it with some more realistic human traits, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being dialed up to eleven all the time and never ever showing anything but that sort of anti-establishment bent mm-hmm. that she has well uh she does she does she's really nice to boimler how do you pronounce his name boimler boimler uh, at the end of the episode because she sees he's having a rough time and uh she yeah. helps him out and uh what what did you think about that energy being um entering the captain and then nothing happening I it wasn't it- resolved Right. It was. I thought. Okay. They're going to pick that up. Is this mm-hmm. like Tilly with the spore mm-hmm. in Discovery? Yeah. That they got to do something with that season three, right? Yeah. I, I guess. I. I got to think that uh, you can't be matter can't be created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. So that that being is in there somewhere, mm-hmm. even though it's teeny tiny. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize that they didn't go back to it until I watched this the second time, and it it happened again, and I was like, oh yeah, that wasn't resolved, yeah. and I thought. Wow! Either they're going to resolve it in the next episode because the preview looks like maybe they the captain's going a little crazy. Who knows? But if they don't resolve it, I just think that's awesome. Okay, because it, it's very very rare that you see something that doesn't come back. You know, especially yeah. in that episode. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know that this is a, more of a comedic take, and maybe mm-hmm. they just want to be as episodic as possible. And a lot of that is just gag. You know, so mm-hmm. are they going to carry that forward? That'd be interesting to see if it ever plays out. I would be surprised if it did. Mm-hmm. So did you notice that he name dropped somebody or they named yeah. an ensign from the Enterprise? I wrote it down, but I, I looked it up and I couldn't find anything on oh, that person. Right. And uh, I, I went to Memory Alpha and it didn't look like anything that came up. Gotcha. All right, because I'm not the greatest next gen guy, so I thought mm-hmm. maybe you had it. You should but, watch um, season three on. It's really good. From oh no, I've I've, I've seen I've seen, seen them all. I, you know, not most of all them. of them, okay. but a, a a good a good many of them. Yeah, don't judge it's it. Just, don't judge it by season one and two. Oh, I don't. I okay. don't. I don't. I know if I come across that way, I don't mean to. I've seen I've seen plenty of episodes of next gen. Mm-hmm. I dare to say I have you know more than a passing familiarity with it. I just it's not my. Like, I don't choose. If I see Next Gen on, I change the channel. Really? 
Yeah. Hmm. It's not something that I park myself in front of to watch. There are a few episodes that I like and I'll watch those. But like if like BBC America has next gen on for Hmm. six hours at a time, Hmm. I'm not watching it. When it comes on Heroes and Icons at nine o'clock, I wait till 10 o'clock and put on DS9. Uh, It's just it's just not something I choose to go back to. Okay, Uh, everybody's different, so. And uh, like I've only watched Discovery probably three times each episode, so okay. for me that's, that's not a lot. That's not okay. A lot. So now here's another thing. So there's Mariner. Yeah. First of all, why is she eating ramen in the shuttle? <laughs> I don't and know. Spilling but it all over the place, except to just be an asshole. The third time well, I can watched I say, it, can I say asshole? I, you just did. So I think it's all right. I think I think that's a medical term, right? Okay. I think we can say medical terms. Um, <laughs> Is that what a doctor calls it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. But the third time I watched it, I was I, I was very hungry and uh, I, I had to pause the episode and go make myself some ramen. There you go. So I think it is, uh, what did you think about um, her being like uh, Jadzia with the Klingons? That's that's what I got the Jadzia vibe from her. I thought I thought it was I thought that was a neat little twist. But right now, Rutherford's storyline is the one that really engaged me mm. in this and, episode. Uh, Tendi, yeah, all the yeah. things he's doing to just kind of uh, be available for that date night. Yeah, of. and I I really like you know these these are the scenes that gave me the the, the real genuine laughs that I mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. in the episode. Like that that last scene with the shuttle and the blast shields and her singing to me. That's that's beyond unfunny. Like that's cringy. Like I, I please can we get through this scene? I feel kind of embarrassed for everybody mm-hmm. involved. I didn't laugh at that and scene then, just know. because uh, that was in one of the season previews and we'd already seen that shields up mm. and shields down. Uh, what do you think about their budding relationship, Tendi and Rutherford? I think uh, they seem to me that both really like each other, but they're acting like f- they want to be friends with each other, but they're both romantically interested in each other. So that's. Oh, yeah. No, I see that. I see that growing as the season goes on mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, it's it, they, they planted the seed very, very subtly in the first episode. And now here's our first animated Klingon. Yeah. So this is definitely a next gen Klingon. Oh, for sure. No Discovery Klingon. Were you expecting a Discovery Klingon at all? Uh, no, because this is so steeped in next gen. Mm-hmm. I would have been surprised if it was anything but a next gen style Klingon. Mm-hmm. I and like uh, what I noticed in this episode is Boimler, when he uh, like he says his thoughts out loud when something doesn't make sense, but nobody else seems to pay attention to it. Like when he, he says... Uh, you know, we're the same age. What, what, do you, what do you mean back in yeah. the old days? <laughs> that, that was an actual laugh that I got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it, it's true. And mm-hmm. um, like there's a little scene here that like that kind of annoys me, I guess, because I feel like I'm Boimler. I'm a lot more straight laced. Mm-hmm. And when he's trying to land the shuttle safely and they won't shut shut up <laughs> and he tells them, do you want to die? Will you please just and then they just, you know, they throw crap at him. And it's just like it's like, can we have just a modicum of like human courtesy here mm-hmm. like to me that's not funny it's just mean oh and maybe like i said maybe that's me maybe yeah. that's my problem maybe i need to lighten up drunk but klingons can be dangerous that's true um watching that scene where the knife went into the touchscreen i was thinking yeah. wow those touchscreens are very advanced to still work after getting a knife through yeah them. right <laughs> and then i started thinking about how uh like the um sensor grid on the screen like rerouted itself to work or something and I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're already head canning it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure it out as I go. <laughs> I think I watched this one seven times so far, but they're short. So it's it's like watching the uh, normal one three times maybe. I don't know. And that sounds like uh, the the guy who docked them in. I want to say it's Dave, um, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. 
I got a Dave Foley vibe off of yeah. one of the characters last week, but I, I didn't see him anywhere in the credits, but I, I definitely got that sound. Well, whether he's credited or not, mm-hmm. that guy that that tried to bring them in was Dave Foley. Uh, it had to be. It think just, so? Okay. It, be any, it yeah, might be. I, if not, somebody doing Maurice LaMarche doing his best Dave Foley impression or something. Okay. Um, uh, I, there was a lot of voices that seemed familiar, but I didn't know who they were. And I was wondering if other, like, uh, maybe, like, um, Discovery people were doing voices or something. I have maybe. no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to tell. Uh, what do you think of this little this little Kronos thing? I kind of <laughs> like it because they have like a gateway. It's almost like Chinatown in San Francisco. Yeah, and I wanted yeah. to take my Google Translate and hold it up to the screen and see what it said. I don't know if it translates Klingon. It should. Um, but uh, if not, I'm sure people have already translated it. I just haven't looked for where. Like, where did things. we? It was Klingon writing. Yeah, on like uh, uh, some arch I saw Klingon, and then they were singing in Klingon on the shuttlecraft. So yeah, I'm sure they were saying something. Of, uh, no, it said singing in Klingon. On yeah, the that's it. Caption, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll see a video like in a few days, like the 38 things you missed in this episode of. Right. And I'll watch that and then I'll know. But uh, for now, I'm just enjoying. So, so Mariner <laughs> speed walking. Yeah, she indicates here that she has been court-martialed. Yes. And they have the na- section 31 name drop here. Yes. Were you surprised about that? It seems like everybody knows bit. about section 31. I think, okay, now here are the scene. Did you see we saw um, one of the scores from the original, uh, from the animated series? No. He was, in the, he was in the bottom right. It's one of those uh, bird people. Oh, okay. I'll have yeah, to bottom right of the screen. You saw it from the back. That. Who's that guy he bumped into? The I don't know. I, I, I think every he's time somebody. I watched it, I mean, both times I watched it, I tried to figure. <laughs> Yeah, I was like in the background. Like, it's gotta be somebody it, it, we should know. It looked right? familiar, like from a next gen episode, maybe a Klingon that we should know or could be. I right. I was waiting for some kind of reveal, mm-hmm. but it, it might just be one of those things that if you know, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I might have forgotten. So, I, I now are these are these next gen aliens with the purple veins, the Kalons? Uh, they didn't. I didn't remember them offhand. Like, they could have been in something that I didn't remember. This I definitely didn't remember. Oh, wait, not the Kalon. I meant uh, not this big blue guy, but the ones that they said they're really isolationist. Uh, I didn't remember. They act like they never saw a Federation female feces outside (laughs) inside feces. Yeah, I didn't get that. What what was... It's just gibberish, but of course they have to make it into poo-hoo, like scatological. Which they said they wouldn't do. Uh, Well, there it is. There it is. Yeah. And I was like, I was trying to convert it. And I liked a little tag on it that uh, my dad's going to kill me. So it's it's a kid. So, you know. But uh, All right. Now, this this is the part that gave me the, the most genuine laughs. Okay. Oh yeah, the, his whole journey trying to do something else. Have you ever done something that dumb for a girl? Did you have to do d- dumb things to get with Laura? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> I don't know. As guys, I think uh, when you're growing up, you, you're just kind of like, okay, well, it's like uh, a challenge, and I got to figure out how to how to win. The, the I think girl. for guys, it's like you spend your whole adolescence doing dumb stuff for girls. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> that's what he's doing because duh, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was hilarious, too. The, the, he's just like, he is so inept. Maintain then, course. The thing blows up. Maintain course. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he, what he said changed nothing. And then <laughs> I thought that was good. I, was, I thought they were going to go right for the Kobayashi Maru, but they didn't. So we got a Janeway protocol here. Is that, yeah. is that a thing? I guess I, it's a I, thing I, now. I looked it up, and it looked like somebody was editing while I was reading it but mm-hmm. um, on Memory Alpha, but... Uh, it said it's something to do with uh, when she gets sucked into an anomaly. Uh, oh, okay. and it has to do with time, so I'm not sure. Because Janeway did a lot of cool stuff. 
in Voyager. Roger. This now this is the one that really made me laugh. Like the kindergartners <laughs> yeah. jettisoned into space. Yeah. <laughs> so this has literally never happened in any simulation ever. Yeah. He's like, let's get a ship with more kids. <laughs> how did how did he kill hundred and five percent of the crew? How how is that possible? <laughs> it's just funny. And this is a Jerry O'Connell, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is, this, is this supposed to be like Risa? I think like, like mini Risa. That totem. It's yeah. Because like, that, that's like little, um, little Risa, right? Yeah. On this planet, um, which I didn't know of before, but it was uh, it's a little Risa section, and that is uh, when you're seeking Jurah. Uh, I can't even pronounce it. Jaramaha. Oh, can you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, jar, jar, yeah, whatever the the weird, ja- sexy thing. So yeah. sexy times. I seek it all the time. Jarahaman. Maybe you can read did, it. Did they make that up for this show, or is that no? Is it's that uh, from an episode of Next Generation. Riker gives um, uh, Picard one of those uh, statues to take with him. So everybody, when he goes to the rise, everybody thinks he's looking for uh, a mate. Is that when he meets Vosh? Yes, that's when he meets gotcha. Vosh, and I there's time travel. That. Yeah. That's a really good one. And and she can really read his mind because he's still thinking about getting with her, even though she's got like lizard face. There you go. <laughs> it's that red bikini. Yeah, they like red. I mean, yeah. And simple-minded people, and that's another one that he said. Simple-minded, what? Just, and <laughs> love your sarong. I like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, they actually sell those. Uh, you can buy those. Uh, they have red uh, sarongs. Yeah, I've heard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> probably none that would fit me, but I'd try them on anyway. But uh, the, the the little statue, I usually know what it's called. I can't think of it under pressure. But um, uh, you can get the really nice version for very expensive, or you can get like a cheaper version that's like a candle the, holder. Jaharamaran thing? You see, you mean? The Jamaharan. Jamaharan? It's, it's the, the, sex, the sexy times totem. Look yeah, at it's it's saying I'm available. <laughs> I'm, you know, I have one. Uh, I have a, a, a picture of one on my website, so hasn't that's worked it. yet. I think this is a this funny is, part too. Yeah, it's a cute. This is cute, and this guy is obviously Bajoran, right? He looked like it. I yeah. would say yes, it, it, unless that was one of his uh, injuries from the warp core. Yeah, our <laughs> warp core burns. How are you even alive with that lithium burns? I love that. <laughs> He's like giving him, making him give himself a heart attack. Like I said, this is the part that mm-hmm. just gave me because the humor is organic. It's not just like forced someone screaming at someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe that's that's where it comes from. Um, okay. I, this proves to me they can write funny in an organic mm-hmm. way, but anything that they do with Mariner just seems so mega forced to me. Mm. Well, maybe maybe she'll grow on you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, again, I'm hoping she does. Mm-hmm. It was it was cool to see um, Rutherford in all the different colors. What do you think yeah. of white boots for uh, science medical? White boots. That's new, isn't I, it? I haven't seen that before. I didn't even notice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the, so the, everybody uh, in blue. blue. The blue has white? Mm-hmm. Huh. Which I got to take a look at that. Very different. This is cute. Bop, bop, bop. Yeah. Borg's almost been slapped in the face. It's, it's awesome that he's great at everything, but he just doesn't want to do those things. Yeah. And the thing is, he, is, he isn't great at what he just did. If he didn't it's have that the, implant, right. he would have died. Did you so. ever play uh, Star Trek Borg, the PC FMV game? I have never played any Star Trek game. Oh, that's a really good one. But there's a character in that that has something similar, um, but not as elaborate as that. 
They were going to name drop um, another alien soon from the original series, the shape-shifting alien. I forget what they call it, but I think they name it. They they call it by name in this one. Oh, I was it's wondering the, about it's that. It's the squid thing with the eight eyes. It's the eyes that go all the way around the head. Was was that from the original series or was that from the animated series? To me, the, I, the animated. Okay, series. that gave me the animated series vibe. Like I need to watch those again. Yeah, there it is, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for a second. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Vendorian. That's it. Is Vendorian? There you go. And that's from TAS. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the character designs on that show was so iconically awful that the second I saw it rendered here in this environment, it looked so incongruous. I said, that's got to be TAS. And I, sure enough. Uh, what do you think of these rock creatures? Do you know these? Or are they my, my only rock creature uh, knowledge from Star Trek is really, well, the original series episode, there's some yeah, rock creatures. Savage, but Savage Curtain had the rock creatures. That's the one with uh, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Kalis, Abraham Lincoln, Surak, Colonel and, Green. And, uh, uh, a lot of people from history. Uh, right. Was Genghis Khan in that? Or am uh, I thinking no. Nolan Ted? Oh, yeah, maybe it was Genghis, Genghis Z- Khan. Zephyrin Cochran? No, I don't know. It wasn't Genghis Khan, was it? Uh, because I remember there being another another evil. Yeah, because it was four to four. There was another woman, like an, an evil woman. Mm, there's always that one extra that yeah. is in their past, but our future still. Like, why is he and, sitting uh, with his pants down? It looked like he was uh, pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought he was like on the toilet. And then uh, these, uh, the how she fixes his uh, yeah. wounds with the leaves. I, th- I thought that was like maybe uh, something from like uh, Arsenal of Freedom. Have you seen that next gen episode where Picard and, and uh, Crusher fall down a hole? No. And she's trying to fix them with the roots around. Cool plant tricks. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of um, the Ferengi in this episode and the the, the storyline with uh, I have him helping? Very, very definite things to say. Let's let's okay. wait till we get there. Okay. I mean, we're almost there now. But mm-hmm. uh, why do I you mean, think she's so good at everything when they're the same age range? Uh, temporal slip. Maybe. I don't know. You think she's got Seriously. more experience than her age would show? Or you think she just started young since her parents are both in Starfleet, so she was on, like, a ship her whole life probably? Yeah, so, maybe she was some kind of uh, – she, she kind like of – Like a Wesley maybe? That she was a Section 31 or mm-hmm. some kind of – you know, she said gray ops. Mm. So maybe they need <laughs> children for that. You know, maybe it's one of uh, – what's her face? It's, like, it's uh, Giorgio's legacy. Mm. Hitler, Giorgio. <laughs> um, I, I like the fact that they uh, did the thing where uh, he's afraid to say he's transferring out, and, yeah. and you think he's going to be in trouble. But they're like, "Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, you got to fight. You got to do you." But why did they have to do that twice? I think it was three times, wasn't it, or was it twice? No, because the doctor actually kicked him out. Oh, okay. She said you got to get yeah. Okay. But I love this at the end when, like you said, you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, good luck. And he's like, oh, bears. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea they were called bears. Did you ever hear that before? To me, nah, bear, I think bear meant just, something uh, totally different. It's just this Bajorn's yeah. term for his team. Mm-hmm. I, I like that there was just the two storylines. and the, So you, you like the, the, the Rutherford one the best. At, the yeah. Best but that, again, like I said, that's the one that gave me the most genuine laughs. Mm-hmm. Like this one to me just seemed like complications so that Boimler could look like an idiot and Mariner could be as annoying as possible. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, 
I, I kind of saw this, like the twist, the so-called twist that happens with this Ferengi coming. Yeah, as soon as she that's, doesn't know he's a Ferengi, I'm like, okay, they're working together just to yeah, make him feel better. Because that's that's like too stupid. That's like saying you don't know what a Vulcan looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> he even did the hand thing. Yeah, I know, like human. <laughs> human. So like, that's. I think that's Armin, right? Armin. It uh, sounded like him. I don't no, know. It's not, I know it's not, but I mean, but that's you. You. I think the way that whoever was voicing it. it was doing an impression of Armin Shimmerman doing the first episode. What the uh, next gen when he was one of them. So here we go. She's giving Boimler's moment to shine by knowing all the rules and regs, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a weird setup in in and of itself because she's kind of guessing how he's going to react. And- yeah, like what if he was just like, okay, whatever. Right. What if he was just like, here, let's go. Mm-hmm. Because he's been an idiot this whole episode. Why would he, you know? But then... But so so there you go, just for the convenience of the plot, so they mm-hmm. can have some kind of uh, moment together, mm-hmm. uh, which they're going to do right now. I like the fact that they left him on the steps. <laughs> left him right outside. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not Starfleet, but let's do it. I thought this was cool. I, I was trying to figure out if that was somebody we knew or not, but I don't think so. No, I don't think that everybody has to be a connection. Mm. It's a big, it's a big fleet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing where mm-hmm. we, uh, they had somewhat of a moment between Boimler and Mariner here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, and he's just like circle of trust, which stays in the shuttle. And it's just between us. And then boom, next scene, he's just a total dick. Like he completely betrays the trust to brag about it yeah. and it doesn't do his character any, any good at all. It's just like, he's as big a jerk as she is. <laughs> I was trying to think how it got to there. Like maybe they were telling the story of their adventure. And then when it was time to not talk about what happened, he just kept going. Maybe had too much synth hall in it. I think she, uh, she did a really nice thing for him. And um, one thing I wish they would have done is there was that little look that she gives before she exits the bar. Yeah, yeah. And like I, she kind of expected this. Yeah, but also acknowledging that she did it for him. And like all of us viewers, I think, knew that at this point, definitely, that it was like a setup. So I don't mm-hmm. think we needed that little ending where she was talking to, you know, yeah. The, yeah. the Ferengi again. I guess uh, they just want to spoon feed you. And I like to yeah. think just, they wanted to have an excuse to put a Ferengi in a monocle. <laughs> that did look funny. Yeah. So uh, that's more like what Ferengis are, I guess. I don't know. Now, here's one slight nitpick I have. Okay. And maybe it's because everything is new. So the characters are still settling or the, the actors are still settling into their characters. But it seems to me the girl who plays Tendi, mm-hmm. it seems like she's she's acting. She's reading. She's voice acting. Oh, it's really? Like, it's a little bit too enunciated, a little bit too clipped, a little bit too, I don't know. She just needs to settle into it a little bit more. I don't mind her. I think that she does okay. But I just think that when some of her dialogue just sort of takes me out of it, because I can see I can see the woman voicing it behind a microphone. Mm-hmm. I have that problem Definitely. sometimes yeah. with some shows like where I can, I comprehend the whole real world around the making of an episode. Right, so I right. can't yeah, get into yeah. it as much. Uh, how did you like that ending of that episode? Uh, where uh, I thought that was cute. They, uh, the fact that they're together, even mm-hmm. though she's she's going with him to do his thing. Mm-hmm. I did like that. And I got to see it about these white boots now. It's going to drive me And uh, <laughs> next week, it looks like uh, the self-destructs on all kinds of stuff's going crazy. The captain's like uh, angry or trying to get things done that seem impossible. So that might be uh, uh, the 
energy being coming back. Um, but it might be totally something different. I don't know. Are you it's looking, very Star Trekky? Are you looking forward to next week, or you just know you're going to watch next week? I'm always looking forward to it um, okay. because there's always a chance it could turn all around, and it could be the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, a lot of people were so anxious that this was going to be so much like Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: this show would be lucky to be half as funny as Rick and Morty, and one quarter as smart as Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. I think it could use a little more Rick and Morty, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I think the writing is a little bit by the numbers mm. and again that could be pilot stuff and first season stuff that's true i mean how you many how, uh, how many first few episodes of a series is uh indicative of the rest of the run you know usually yeah i think the i think the, the one that got it closest and this is sheerly because of armin mm-hmm. and renea bergenois mm-hmm. um pew, 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 uh pew, pew. emissary I think really sort of set a good tone for DS9 and um, both Renee and Armin came out of the gate almost perfect mm-hmm. with Odo and Quark. Um, but it took a while. It took a while for a lot of them, like, like for, for Sid to grow into Bashir mm-hmm. for, um, for uh, God almighty. Why am I blanking on his name? You know, the star of the damn show. Uh, um, Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks to grow into Cisco. Yeah, well, I, that had a lot to yeah. do with his hair, I think. He, yeah, he didn't want be, he didn't want know? hair, so he wanted to be himself. And then when he finally uh, shaved True. his head, he felt better. I think is what I understand. So, but I he, think Nana was 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 pretty good right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and I think that um, uh, of course Colomini because yeah, he had great. been playing O'Brien for years mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So even uh, anyway. I, I, can, I can talk about Deep Space Nine all night. <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't want to hijack because that's what I know. But oh. just talking about talking about pilots. So that's what I'm saying. I'm willing to give Lower Decks a chance. I think there's promise there. Mm-hmm. I think it can be really good. It's just that I'm still waiting for it to find a groove. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is its groove. But it, it might be. You know, just and, and let your groove just be funnier. You might finish the whole 10 and then go back and watch them again and enjoy them where you didn't before because you know more about the characters or the situation or what's going on. That's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, with, with me, uh, the way my fandom works is either I'm all in, I'm a fanatic, or I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to keep going. But I don't think I could not keep going with a Star Trek series. That would be weird. Well, I think that what the beauty of it is, is that it doesn't have to be something that grabs me to be Star Trek. I can Mm -hmm. cherry pick. Um, I do it with Next Gen all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't feel compelled. Like my fandom doesn't hinge on my slavish devotion to everything Trek that might be out there Mm -hmm. at any given time. Um, What I enjoy is what I enjoy and I can leave behind what I don't really enjoy that much, but I don't have to cast aspersions on it even though I have, and I'd like to poke fun at next gen for being boring and stuff, but I would never like say that's not my star Trek or you're, Mm -hmm. you're an idiot for, for watching. And that's where I think a lot of the fandom now is pivoted towards. Mm -hmm. It's either you're with us or you're against us. And it's, it's just nonsense. There seems to be two camps right now with lower decks. People either love it or they hate it. And here's the thing. I have not heard a measured response to it. Like you Mm -hmm. said, Either they're gushing and raving mm-hmm. or like just cancel this garbage. Right. You know, and I, I just hope that I'm striking some kind of middle ground because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a hater, but the show should be better. Well, even even though it's not quite your thing yet, you still were able to find things you did like about the episode, yeah. which were really nice. And, 
And the thing is, I'm open to it. I think the people who are haters are just hating to hate. Mm-hmm. Like they're never going to give it a chance. So right, like they get a high out sense. of like uh, upsetting people that are enjoying something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If right. I don't enjoy something, I just don't talk about it, or I don't join a group of, of fans of something that I don't enjoy. You know, or if if I have a problem with it, you know, because I'm on podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. just giving a measured response, not just spewing vitriol about it, mm-hmm. but saying what I don't like about it and what I do like about it and at least trying to have a conversation, not just a, you know, this is crap and moving on. So I just, because that serves nothing. Favorite character so far? Oh, probably uh, Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy. Rutherford, yeah. Uh, to me, he seems kind of like a Geordie, but uh, if Geordie got the girl. But he, he still doesn't know that he can get the girl, I don't think. Right. And the thing is, I don't think he's going to have the same problems that Jordy. I mean, Jordy has problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. his girlfriend's a hologram. His best friend's an android. His, you know? Yeah. He, he ended up marrying um, the hologram. I'm not sure if he married the hologram or the real woman. The I didn't see, but she on. found out. Leah, you're talking about Brahms. Yeah, Leah. See, I know, I know my next shit. In, in yeah, all good but, things, he says he's married to Leah, but is he married to Leah hologram or, or, or human yeah. Leah? I don't know. Because she was married, right? Yeah, she was married when they the, they met in real life, and he didn't clear his browser history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's all he did, I mean, it wasn't that offensive. I mean, he could have done much more on U- Utopia Planitia. Wait, um, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, the, that's the, where they build the ships. Yeah. Yeah. So. But what would he have? Oh, because oh, is that where that, that holograph, that, that hologram was set? Yeah, I believe so. Because they were, okay, uh, was like they were first building the engine. Yeah. Okay. So when they were first building the uh, engine to 1701D, um, the computer made her, I don't know. But I guess he gets married eventually. But by then, that's uh, way in the future. So that, But that's pre-Picard. So do they have holograms, sentient holograms, besides uh, the doctor and... Um, I really don't Vic Fontaine. Vic Fontaine. He was sentient, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they... They kept his. He knew he was a hologram. Yeah. So. And they kept his program running. One of one of the greatest characters ever, Vic yeah. Fontaine, probably. Yeah, I love Vic. Yeah, I love Vic. And the Doctor is one of the greatest characters ever. I think Robert Picardo is amazing mm-hmm. in Voyager. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the he's one of the highlights of that show. So, I you know the funny thing is with the ban on AI in Picard, they never discussed holograms. Like you saw holograms as sort of guides, like museum docents, mm-hmm. or you know, leading you to the storage area in. Uh, in Starfleet archives. Right. Right. But we never really got, uh, well, they had the emergency holograms, but it was on the, uh, on the Rios, uh, Rios's ship. What was the La Serena? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they had a whole bunch of holograms that were him, him, but different accents. Right. And they weren't autonomous. No. So end game, uh, the last episode of Voyager that takes place after Picard, right? I think I'm guessing. Well, Janeway's got the white hair. Yeah, so she's really old in that. Seven is dead, and then they go back in time because that's what Voyager did: Borg mm-hmm. and time travel, mm-hmm. and usually pretty poorly on both counts. Maybe that's why I like Voyager so much because I like Borg and time travel. <laughs> so, so I mean, I'm not I'm not really sure when that was said because mm-hmm. I'm not versed enough in Voyager, but I have seen Endgame a couple of times. And didn't they bring Alice Krieg back for that one? Uh, yeah, because yeah. uh, the television actress that did it on Voyager wasn't available at the time, so they just got the real one. 
Yeah, the first it's contact just one. weird to me. And it's I thought great. maybe they got it because it was going to be an event. It was going to be the, mm-hmm. uh, so you're telling me they would have cast it with the television one. And they said, oh, we'll go with our second choice, the one who created the role. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole Borg Queen thing uh, freaks me out because like she dies, but she's still alive and she's still around. But time travel, I guess. Yeah, and also you got to think that maybe the redundancy is built into the Borg because they're collective. So mm-hmm. that's cloning. true. That's true. You know, think of uh, of uh, what's the the show that I like to Altered Carbon. Oh, that's a great. If you're rich show. enough, you have like 35 clones of yourself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can just spike your memory back into a new sleeve. That's your original body. Are you up to date so. with Altered Carbon? I'm 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 like most of the way through season one. I think I think there's one. Oh, I finished it. I watched both seasons. Is it worth watching? I think so. I think it's a lot of fun. I think season one's a little bit better, mm-hmm. but um, I like where a lot of season two took us. So mm-hmm. I got, you know, I got, I got, I got good feelings about both series for, for different reasons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'd say, yeah, definitely stick with it. All right. And uh, let's, uh, are you ready to give your rating for Lower Decks season one, episode two, Envoy? <sighs> wow. You know, I, I just started this saying maybe a five out of 10. Okay. Because I liked it less than last week, but I got more genuine laughs with the Rutherford storyline. Mm-hmm than I did last week with anything. So I'm going to revise it back up to six out of 10. No, it's not, not bad. You know, the parts that didn't annoy me, I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the parts annoyed that annoyed me really, so. really annoyed me. Really? Okay. <laughs> See, I wasn't annoyed by any of it. I, uh, I think I got to the end of the first, the second episode and I was like, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm all in. I'm going to buy the t-shirt, you know, the action mm-hmm. figures. And I was thinking Rutherford's going to have like a action figure in each, each color. No. <laughs> no, that's why they did that, you yeah. know. No, so. well, I would. So, so what? What's your? Uh, so, okay. So, wait. I'm gonna say six, um, six spilled ramen noodle containers out of ten. Ooh, six spilled ramen noodle containers. And apparently that doesn't mess up the screen. So it doesn't no, work the same not. as like phones and trackpads. So they have a new <laughs> uh, technology. Um, I'm gonna give it out of ten. I'm going to give it a, hmm, let's see, seven. Uh, okay. Tricorders with purple stripes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Why would you ask an energy creature that, <laughs> that can make no anything sense. to make a tricorder that you could just get out yeah, of, you know, you can just replicate it, right? One. Yeah, or yeah. you can replicate it probably, right? Yeah. So, or you can go into sickbay where like uh, didn't Beverly have like a whole cabinet with like six tricorders in it, but it took up a whole wall. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe and, they have uh, that in that sickbay too. Maybe. So now, but now it's an unregistered tricorder. So maybe that's a thing. Who knows? And she needed a battery. So that was funny. I don't know. Did, did you, get, was that joke uh, over my head? Was there something, another layer to the needing gifts with batteries or am I reading too much into that? No. You know what the thing is though? It looked like a Kyber crystal. So I'm thinking, you know, was that like a slight, a slight nod to Star Wars? Mm, it might have because, been because, yeah. But I, you know, that's the only thing that came to my mind in the sense that. But I think it was just a joke of, okay, of course you got to make a battery too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you are you okay with the length of these? These are longer than short treks, but shorter than normal Star Trek episodes. No, they're they're good cartoon length. Yeah, I, I think it'd be yeah. weird if it went a whole hour. Yeah, it'd be too much. Minutes, yeah. So, but without any kind of depth, anyway. And like I said, if we could just have a genuine, sincere moment, it might go a long way for me to liking Mariner more. Do you think they'll get there? Do you, do you think uh, they better? Yeah, 
I mean, I, I hope I can't imagine that they wouldn't because how one note are you going to be? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't sustain a character with just this same shtick every week, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm just but, giving it a lot of room to grow and I'm just going to watch and see what happens. Yeah. And like I know I'm kind of a stick in the mud, but I just know what works for me. And I know this is supposed to be funny above all. Mm-hmm. And you did laugh. It, you did have genuine laugh. I did laugh. I did laugh. But mm-hmm. the laughs were based on sincere moments out of a character's dilemma. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? The humor was organic to the situation. It wasn't forced on the situation. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the dividing line is for me. Um, I think that they showed that they can make some genuine situational humor. But if you're just going to cram it down our throats it's going to get old quick. So I hope that they do find a way to balance that character out a little bit. I know that they want her coming out of the gate as the brash one as, mm-hmm. as the renegade. And that's great. And I like to see that, but you know, let's, let's temper it with some other stuff too, as the series goes on. Hmm. I liked, uh, I, I like her, uh, just, uh, she seems a lot, I don't know if you've seen any of the behind the scenes, uh, stuff, but, uh, she, uh, they kind of changed the character to, fit more of her personality, the actress that plays her. And uh, she's very, when she does it, she, it seems more realistic than any other Star Trek character because usually with Star Trek, they have to perform it the way it's written and mm-hmm. they can't deviate, you know, a word here or there. But this looks like they they're, they have the general sense of what they're going to be saying and then they can do their own take on it when they're recording it. You, so you think they ad-lib this a little bit? No, more? not ad-libbing as much as... Uh, Giving it their own spin, maybe like just adding a little bit more personality into it than you would see in a normal Star Trek. Okay, and that is a little bit. I get, yeah, I guess that that's sort of an outlier for Star Trek. Everything is mm-hmm. usually so buttoned down, right? Not on the page, not on the stage thing. Yeah, um, and uh, in, I guess the ones that pulled it off best. Again, I always go back to Armin. Mm-hmm. I think because I just think that he was so good as Quark. Oh yeah, but. You know, he always felt like everything was extemporaneous and like, even though it was probably scripted to the nth, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was such a, just a, just a, a authentic performance that he gave every time, mm-hmm. you know, it was always a highlight to see Quark, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, when him and Rene Obergemal did, uh, got together, it was magic. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um, yeah, so so uh, we did that. Let's, uh, do we have any feedback this week? No feedback. If you want to, we want to send in feedback, we'll be more than happy to comment on it. How do the people reach us? Oh, uh, they can go to trekaholic.com and find out everything there. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekaholicpod. And uh, we are trekaholicpod at gmail.com if you want to send an email. And then we have a phone number. And I don't have it in front of me right now. Do you have it? No, <laughs> I know that it ends in T-R-E-K. <laughs> something Trek. Some 305 something Trek. Uh, Zoe says it at the end. So uh, Okay, so we'll have that. Okay. And always remember to, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, to like, subscribe, and uh, ring the bell so you get notifications of when the next episode is out so you can uh, be tortured again like this. You can hear me bitch and bitch and bitch some more. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I find the good things in what you said about it, and I agree with the, some of the things that uh, are negatives right now, but I'm um, waiting for it to get better. But I, I if it didn't get better, I'd still love it. So yeah, I'm still a fan. Yeah. For Trek and Tell, did you bring something for Trek and Tell this week? Well, last week I showed you my oldest Star Trek thing mm-hmm. that I have. So this week I'm going to uh, show you one of the newest Star Trek things I have. This is... Um, 
Ooh. my red shirt wallet. That's and, nice. Uh, my friends Jason and Laura bought this for me for my 50th birthday. Very good. And they good. gave it to me uh, during my party. And not only does it have like, so there's the outside and uh, it's uh, services or as they call it now ops. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, you see, the, uh, <laughs> he's dead. He's Jim. dead. He's dead, Jim. That's so funny. of course it's a red shirt wallet. So of course he's got to be dead, Jim. So it's a neat little thing, and I keep it on my desk here. Uh, so it's always in in my line of sight. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that yeah, like thanks, pi pineapple Jim. leather or something? Yeah, it's <laughs> you know what it's, it's sort of it's textured. Yeah, it looks kind of like a crocodile or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I think it's or, just I'd probably Gorn. You know. This vinyl, and you can also see they have like sort of the original series Star Trek. In oh, the, very in the nice. There. Very nice. Yeah. Very so it's nice. got nice, some nice detail. Yeah. And you know the ops, the uh, services patch looks very nice. Too, so. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very picky about my today. wallets. Um, for some reason, I can only do trifolds. Bifolds make me feel silly. I don't carry a wallet at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I carry money clip. Well, you're so married. That, you're married. That so. will never get used for me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. That's cool. I've seen those online, but I've never seen one in person. Yeah. So I was happy to receive it. My trek and tell for this week is. Oh, look at that. I figured it was, it's appropriate since they'd had a uh, shuttlecraft episode. Yeah. And this one, this is actually, I don't know, remember where I got it, but I remember I bought two of them. And uh, do you have any idea what it is? That is a 1701D shuttlecraft. Right. It's basically the Enterprise's version of a runabout, mm -hmm. I think. This now, one's Shuttlecraft, but I can't read the name that I'm. This one's the Magellan. Okay. And yeah, no, um, doesn't no callback for me. It was ridiculously cheap. I think it might have been like Spencer or something, and it was like nine dollars. And I was like, "Wow, that's great!" So I got the two they had, but I got it home and I found out what it was. It's actually where you keep discs, like so optical media, DVDs, CDs. Oh, it's like a, it's like a, it's a DVD holder yeah, or, or, or like a CD, CD holder. holder basically. And you can put your CDs in there. Ooh, it's got, does it have a year on it? Yeah. But do you take the CDs out? Is that like a curved bottom or is it square? Uh, it's square. Hard to see the detail. It's square, but it's made for just putting the discs by themselves, which I, I got you. So I, I used to put burn discs in there because, you know, I always keep my CDs with their cases and nice and fancy. Right. Right. So I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, what's the year? Is there a year? Uh, let me see. I'm going to say 90-something if they're still expecting you to put burn discs. Uh, 1997. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fun source made in China. Now, in in the fiction, yes. to quote Matt Dale, um, what is the Magellan? What episode? I have no idea. No, because- I don't remember Gal Magellan. The Galileo is the only shuttlecraft I know. Galileo 7. And maybe the poor Rio Grande from DS9. Uh, DS9, they're all named after rivers, right? right. Uh, lower Decks, they're all named after places in California, I believe. I, I think I thought it was National, national parks. parks in California, right? Yeah. Uh, Yosemite is, National Park? Yosemite, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yosemite National Park? Uh, and we were boneheads last week because mm -hmm. we asked what about we the flag in okay. the captain's quarters, yes. whether it was a – and it is because the Cerritos is a California class oh, ship. Oh, so it's a California flag. Yeah, it's a, yeah so it's a, okay. it's a flag. It was the California state flag. There, there's many mistakes I made last week. Uh, I think I uh, credited the captain of uh, Lower Decks as um, an actress from Gilligan's Island. 
No, you said Don Wells, right? Yeah, that's uh, when you said that. that I was Marianne? thinking that's Marianne, but I, I I thought maybe. So who is it? It's Don Lewis. I don't know Don uh, Lewis. Yes, and there's a uh, somebody else in the uh, the cast of Lower Decks with the last name Wells. So maybe that's what I did, or just I get my Star Trek and Gilligan's Island and Alf all mixed up. I still have Marianne on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my life, uh, if if I ever get a holodeck, uh, I will definitely want a banana cream pie. Uh-huh. Co- coconut cream pie? <laughs> what, so one or the other. It does sound dirty, but no, I just go and visit her and talk with her. And yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So now this, do you want to go on just one more weird tangent? Sure. I love I tangents. I was literally okay. thinking about Gilligan's Island this morning mm-hmm. and the coconut cream pie. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, where did that cream come from? There might have been some powdered milk on the minnow. Okay. But that had to run out after a couple of weeks. So unless Lovey, Ginger, <laughs> or Marianne are lactating, ain't no cream on that island. Where are you getting the milk? Uh, my my headcanon was always uh, plant-based because they can make coconut milk. They can make nut milk. But, you know. But can you make, can you make like cream? I, that I don't know. Because I, I, it's not really milk. It's just juice. I've, I've actually, uh, the condensed coconut milk, I think you could. Because I've made like whipped cream out of condensed coconut milk. For I still prefer recipes. to think they're lactating. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get a holodeck, that might be a thing, right? <laughs> that might be a thing. Hmm. Uh, so. We're going to have a whole Gilligan's Island After Dark podcast. After this. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Any chance I get to talk to you, I'm happy. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I think that's it, right? Do we do anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the host. You tell you're, me. Thank you for joining me this time. Uh, do you know uh, next week's episode, uh, the name of it? I have no idea. It's on the next Lower Decks. Oh, that sounds uh, yeah. prophetic. Right? No, I have no idea. Me neither. Not a clue. Okay. We, we, we could probably look it up. Do you want to look it up? Be, let's be surprised. Yeah, surprise is good. It looks, it looks like uh, everything's going wrong and uh, the ship's going to explode and Boimler's going to save the day and he's not going to get credit for it. And I think that's – we're also going to see the scene where they say we're still getting fired for this. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think that's, that, fits that in. one's going to be in this one, I believe. That fits in. So maybe and they caused the, the disaster to happen. And, Maybe maybe they'll eject a whole uh, kindergarten <laughs> into space. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that was a good part of it. I, I'm going to go watch it a few more times so and uh, see what I missed and uh, enjoy it. And uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more information about this episode next week. Thank you for joining me again, Christopher D. Philippus. Thank you for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll come whenever you, when, whenever you call, Alby Birch. I would love for you to be my default guest. So. Fine by me. Okay, sounds great. And uh, let's start the closing credits. So, uh, oh, you know what? No, we, we have to do plugs. Oh, plugs. Yes, can you please plug your stuff? Plug, pitch, promote. Um, I am a host of the Quantum Leap podcast. You have been a host of the Quantum Leap podcast at yes. one time or another as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get us at quantumleappodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at quantumleappod. And you can go that extra mile and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. You can also give us a call at 707 647 Oh, I thought I was going to be seven oh seven. No, I'm going to mess it up. Oh well, I do it at the end of every Quantum Leap podcast. So I'm seven oh seven eight four seven six six eight six eight two. 
Woohoo! I got that one down. <laughs> I, I I did that for a no, number of years. I, yeah, knew that, so. I knew that number. What what the number so you, for us is, I don't know, but he can forward it to us from there. Yeah, that's right. And Trek is in the number for this show. Yes, three hundred five uh, something Trek. Yes, yeah, so just, just uh, ask Zoe. So look oh, us I, up on quantumleappodcast.com. And of course, uh, type your name into Amazon, and you're an author, and you can buy books. Oh and yeah, stuff I'm and, you know stuff. And deflipside.com. Which will be linked in the show notes. Where you can find a uh, link to buy my book, The Seeker. Oh, you got a paperback version. Yeah. That's really nice. I only have it on my, I only have it on my Nook. Because it's it's a novella. Ah, That's only the second novella I've ever read. I read Shop Girl, I think, with Steve Martin was the first one. And his was probably a lot better. Mm, Had more romance in it. And I'm a sucker for romance. But okay. uh, I like sci-fi and fantasy too. So it, it wow, maybe they're both meant to be read together. Wow, that's something. That's that's heavy. I'd like to take an opportunity right now to thank our announcer Zoe Dean for uh, doing all these different announces for us. And I have a ton of them, and I just have to get them to go on the soundboard. But uh, she's going to be doing more, and so thank thank her for that very much. Thank you, Zoe Dean. Appreciate that. And I think that wraps it up. Again, thank you so much, Christopher D. Philippus, for coming on the show and uh, humoring me. <laughs> well, never. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Albie. And I'll always talk to Tarshirk, especially with someone I, I uh, respect and admire, even though you're a Next Gen fan. <laughs> I'm an all-Star Trek fan. So uh, the plan is, if we keep going with this, is after the, these 10 episodes and uh, do some Discovery maybe, and then after that, do some random Star Trek. So I'd love to talk to you about Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, Voyager. Awesome. One day. That would be great. Um, until next time, I'm Albie. I'm Chris. And this has been Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Maintain course. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Please support the show by going to patreon.com slash trekaholic. Send written or audio feedback to trekaholicpod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 305-707-TREK. That's 305-707-8735. And don't worry, no one will pick up. It's only for voicemail. Visit our website at trekaholic.com for more information. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is not affiliated in any way with CBS or Paramount. I'm your announcer, Zoe Dean. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is a Baron Space production.